approach everything in business like an experiment and like it's a prototype. And this is really important, especially for service-based business owners. Hello and welcome to episode 41 of the Number One Coaches podcast. Where it is all about how you can make your coaching business number one in your niche. How you can stand out online and become visible for the people that need your help. Something personal. Calling relations and former clients was something I forgot to do for a long time. Now, I enjoy it and get lots of energy from these conversations. Hi, my name is Eno Anik, and I'm a mentor for life and business coaches that want to become number one in a niche and visible online. In this episode, I have a great conversation with Tova Payne. Tova Payne is a writer, teacher, and consultant based out of Vancouver, Canada and works worldwide with holistic, soulful entrepreneurs, seekers, and creatives via her online consulting practice, live workshops, and online digital courses. Tova's consulting work is a combination of strategy with soul, and she teaches from a place of keen intuition, along with real action steps to help create change and growth in your life and work. One of her quotes is, live your yes, this is it life. Entrepreneurship is a soulful adventure. Please enjoy the tips and ideas that Tova shares in this interview. Let's get the show rolling. Welcome to the number one Coach Biz podcast, where you will learn how to make your coaching business number one in your niche. Practical tips that you can use to improve your business today. And now, your host, Erno Hanink. Hey, Tova. Welcome to the number one coaches podcast. Hi, Erno. Thank you so much for having me here. It's great to meet you and speak with you. Um, well, the first question is... Is, is in every interview is um, the same, and then it just uh, becomes a good conversation. And the first question that I ask is always that: uh, so, if, if if we meet you at a networking event, and people ask you what do you do, what do you tell them? Yeah, well, I'm a writer, I'm a teacher, and a consultant. But ultimately, all the work I do, it's really about bringing together what I call spirit or soul with entrepreneurship. So it's about doing work from the inside out. And I could expand on that a little bit if you'd like, but yeah, so, you know, I think it's really important that we all cultivate what I call our inner CEO. And the way of doing that is, I believe one of the best tools is meditation, spending time in nature. And it's basically anytime you're in business, anytime you're about to work on a creative project there's always going to be decisions to make. Um, and when you can make a decision from a clear and still place, your decisions will always be better. Um, I also find the best creativity for whether it's a new project, um, a blog post, anything in your you know, business. It's when you take that time in stillness that your best work emerges. I, I couldn't agree more. And and you talk about meditation and spending time in nature. 
to, to me, when I go outside and I walk and I, I try to do that every day, um, for me, that is that is almost meditation. Absolutely. I agree. And, um, you know, I always tell clients and students and I write about this a lot. Um, it's that is inner CEO time. And I don't think enough. Um, I don't know if I call it solo entrepreneurs or small businesses recognize the importance of taking like active CEO time to like stand back and look at the big picture of your business vision and see where do I want to go. And like meditation doesn't have to be like sitting in a square box somewhere. It could be out in nature. And I believe nature is an incredible ally to help you get those insights. So, yeah. What I see here is that um, um, coaches that do their coaching during uh, walking in nature, uh, we call them uh, uh, wonder coaches or something like that. I, I don't think it's translate really well, but <laughs> Hopefully you get me. <clears throat> they don't wander off with their mind, but they wander in nature with their uh, coachee. Uh -huh. And um, uh, is that something that that, that 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 you see in the U.S. or in Canada as well? That that this is something that yeah, um, that you take up the clients into nature to make them aware of um, their inner CEO uh, and 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 be in nature so that you get the total um, stillness actually. Yeah, I love what you're saying. I mean, personally, I do and I have. I honestly, I don't think it's common, um, but there are, it's not, um, I don't know if it's big in the uh, coaching business, but there's this person, His he's an American, his name is Bill Plotkin, and he has all of these nature soul retreats, and it's all about, you know, going inside. So I don't know if that answers your questions, but I feel like coaching tends to be, you know, speaking over the phone, Skype, or perhaps in an office. I don't think there are enough people taking people out to nature, doing like that inner stillness in nature. And I think that more people should be doing it because I think there's magic there. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, a friend of mine um, who has this practice here in the Netherlands, and there are more practices with that. They they do this wonder coaching, and she um, she's actually doing research um, on this with the with a university, and which is sponsored by the the, the, the state. Is um, it's all about how how healthy it is to walk in nature, to walk outside. Um, and and it's proven that you know it, it, it will it will you know you will have less stress it will be healthier you have less um, uh, um, uh, diseases with the heart so so it, it, they are they are just showing that it's really important that you know you should at least take half an hour a day to go outside and walk in nature so, and and I mean people um, they do fitness uh, fitness and they do walking maybe into uh, a fitness shop but they don't go outside and that's I think. It's just so important. Right on. And like for everyone listening to this right now, like honestly, right there, that's like the best advice every entrepreneur, you know, should take. And it changes everything. I love that that you're saying this and that there's that research and that this is even big in the Netherlands. That's amazing. I'm glad we were doing something <laughs> right there. <laughs> and, and what is what is the most important thing that you um, talk about or discover with the CEOs, with these um, small business owners in your sessions? Yeah, um, 
The most important thing is really about trusting your intuition. I mean, some people call it your intuition, your gut. Um, some people will call it, you know, um, insight or the universe, however you want to speak to it. But what happens in business is that there are a lot of different strategies. There is a lot of different advice. And like anything in the world, there's always going to be conflicting advice. And uh, like, let's say someone goes to a coach and then they go to a seminar and it's conflicting advice. Well, now they're going to feel confused. They're not going to know what to do. And I always tell people that the difference between good advice and bad advice is that good advice confirms what you already know. So you need to take that time away from all the advice and counsel from everybody else. And you have to make the ultimate decision. Like that's what it means to be boss. I find, you know, often people are scared to make a choice, commit to a choice, but it's about being, you know, taking accountability for your choices in business. And that's what that inner CEO time does. It not only like strengthens your confidence in the decisions you make, but it helps you make clear decisions. Does that make sense? Yeah, it looks. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you, so, so does it need um, that you teach these people that? It's not something that they've, you know, um, experience from themselves? You, you, they, they actually need guidance in that part? It depends. Um, I find that often sessions go differently depending who I'm working with, but sometimes in a session, I will actually lead them through a little meditation first, you know, and then help them move through the clarity. Hmm. And a lot of people, I do tend to work with more holistic entrepreneurs, like yoga teachers, holistic nutritionists, and often it is people that are aware of these practices, but they're not doing it enough, or they don't realize that, hey, I could integrate this as like a business strategy that really works. So, And, and do you have... Um suggestions of how much in a day you should you know should take some time to um to listen to your inner self oh yeah i do so you know i always like to think about what is manageable and what are people gonna actually do and i've written about this it's an ebook i have on amazon and i give it away for free on my website it's called learn to meditate and i am like a big advocate of the five minute meditation and I'll tell you why, because like five minutes in the morning, every single day, that's something that we can all commit to. And I think that if you try to go, if you say to yourself, I'll do 20 minutes or an hour or 30 minutes, and then if you don't keep up with it, you're going to feel like a failure and it's going to fall away completely. Versus you do something so small and manageable that you're able to do it every single day, first thing in the morning, no matter what. And what happens is you start to strengthen your, I guess you can call it your clarity muscle or the meditation muscle. The power of committing to five minutes every single morning is that later on in the day, if you're actually having trouble if you need to make a decision, because every single morning you've taken the time to exercise your mind, 
your mind will be better able to then say, okay, I need a 20 minute timeout now, or just to be able to move into that clear space. Does this make sense? Like that yeah, yeah a lot. And, it's in, and it rings all kind of bells in my head <laughs> because I'm, I'm really, um, I, I just did a webinar today. I'm really heavy into um, um, routines, uh, um, creating routines so that you can do these simple things, at which, you know, they sound very simple, but um, it takes uh, effort to really um, get used to this. It's, and, and you talked about this, um, uh, uh, this muscle, and I, I read a lot about James Altucher, and he, he, he doesn't talk about the meditation muscle, but he talks about the creativity muscle. He says, uh, part of my morning routine is writing 10 ideas down every morning so that my creative, uh, creativity muscle is trained. So at the moment when I'm stressed out, when I'm on, on, you know, under pressure, um, the ideas still keep flowing. And it, it sounds very similar to what you're explaining here. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, the analogy of muscle, I just think it's such a good one. Because here's the deal. If you physical exercise, let's say on uh, outside or at the gym, let's say you do 30 minutes, okay, the benefits go beyond that 30 minutes, you know, for the rest of the day, your whole body's healthier and you're healthier all the time. So it's just like meditation. If you exercise your mind, even just for those five or 10 minutes, it actually makes your mind healthier and clearer for the whole day. But you do need to be consistent, just like physical exercise. If you do it once and never again, your body doesn't get the health benefits. But if it's a consistent practice, then you do get the benefits. And I think every quality can be looked at as strengthening a muscle. Mm. And, it, and it's it's also so very smart that you say that you want to do this in the morning because that's um, uh, surely that you know the, the first couple of months that's in the morning your willpower is at you know at its highest. And um, when you you know would shift that somewhere during the day, you know probably your willpower is low and you wouldn't do it. Right. Exactly. And you know I even tell people like you know what. You don't even have to get out of bed. Just sit up in your bed, you know, like make it as easy as possible for you to commit, like basically do whatever you need to do to make it happen. Hmm. I, I have this. Um, I, 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 I had um, I wanted to start uh, doing meditations and um, I found it uh, um, difficult to really um, do it because I, I it's, you know, in the beginning, I really didn't know what to do. And um, I installed this app, which is uh, called um, Headspace, and it's and, and and it doesn't talk about five minutes. It takes ten minutes, and it is a, it's a really good app, and it you know it really tells you how to you know what it's all about to clear your head, and so to get space in your head in your brain. Uh, but um, um, I, I stopped doing it because you know of course the first sessions uh, they are done, and ten minutes is is. Um, it takes a time to really to make that a habit. Yeah, I, I would just say like um, if there's if you're anyone's ever having trouble, let's say committing to let's say ten minutes of something, take it down to five. Mm. Get that five minutes right. Stick to five. I've been doing this for years now. Like I I don't remember if it was two thousand seven or two thousand eight, and I still just hold myself to five minutes. 
sure, some days I'll go longer, 10 minutes, 20, or I'll have, you know, a longer chunk of time. But as long as I do those five minutes, I mean, that's where the consistency is at. So I, I truly believe people are better off to do something that they know they can succeed at than trying to make it too big. This this is um, your second business. Before this, you started in 2006 and up to 2012, you had um, another business. You were more into yoga and nutrition. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, Adventure Yoga, and I still own the domain, but the site's not alive anymore. I cut that out maybe in 2013, but that's how I started. Um, I had been a big-time traveler for years through Central America, and when I came to Vancouver, I was also still a traveler, and uh, I got I went back to school for the nutrition. I got into the yoga. I did a yoga training. And I knew that I wanted to keep the adventure spirit alive because I love the the freedom that travel gives. And I felt like yoga was the inner freedom. And so I took people out to the island, one of the islands here in BC, and that was my adventure yoga company. Um, it wasn't just retreats. Like I also taught classes, workshops, and for the nutrition, I had one-on-one -on -one clients. But it was the retreats that were always the most fun, and it's basically what I decided to like title the business after. So. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And so why did you um, finally to decide to move into the area that you are now helping other people uh, setting up their business or growing their business? Yeah. So, and this is something I actually teach. We as like people, I feel human nature is about change and growth. And like I now recognize that in five or 10 years, the form of my business will likely change. So for me, it's all about coming back into the inner work. And when I feel like it's time to make a shift, I shift. Transitions are not always easy, but I know that if I feel that feeling like it's time to shift a little, I do. Um, so there were many things with the nutrition. I felt like it was just time to close that door. I actually wrote a book. It was my way of saying goodbye. It was my way of, I felt like compelled to share the information. Uh, but I didn't want to work with clients one on one in that way anymore. And then with the yoga, I still love yoga. I actually I now I teach business to nutritionists and yoga teachers. But I just felt it was just this like inner call that wanted to help support others. And yeah, so. And and the book that was uh, Eat Think uh, Live Rich. Yeah, Eat Think and Live Rich. It's a guide to health and happiness and. I mean, that book, I'd say, you know, it's so funny. I've created so many things. I've created a curriculum for yoga teacher trainings. I've got courses I've created on my website. But that book was like the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. And was it worth it? Yeah, it was worth it because it's like that inner fulfillment. And uh, I got it into... Okay, here's a little story. I always, I used to, when I went to university for my psychology degree, I worked at the McGill bookstore where I was going to school. And uh, so I was working at the bookstore to help put me through school. And when I was in the shipping department, I was, I don't know how old I was, 19 or 20. And I said, one day my book's going to come down from here. <laughs> 
So once I published this book, I didn't have any distribution because I self-published. And so I did what people call the hustle, which is you make phone calls, you try to get your book into stores. And I wanted it at the McGill Bookstore in Montreal. And I got it in. And that, to me, it was like the most fulfilling thing. And, you know, so I guess the answer there is like, yes, it's like a lifelong dream of writing a book, a lifelong dream of getting the book somewhere I wanted it to be. Like that's fulfillment and that makes it all worth it. So, right, right. So even yeah. if you'd still no copies, it would just be fulfilling to just get it in the shop there. Yeah. <laughs> sold copies and it does bring in some money like Amazon you know it goes uh, direct deposit into your account and stuff and it's like oh nice a little money here and there yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like the big thing but yeah for me I find that fulfillment is always it's the journey and the process of the creative work and I think that that's actually a really important thing for people I mean this is at least what I believe you have to enjoy the journey because the end result alone will not be worth it. Mm -hmm. You wrote an article on the Huffington Post about yeah. the truth of entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and you got some comments there. like um, Over 50 comments, which yeah. I couldn't believe because normally there's like nothing. <laughs> so why do you think... Um, the the article really got these this amount of comments. Is it because people feel um, that they don't make enough money because the article is about you know about uh, not making enough money in the first couple of years? So is it, do you feel that a lot of people are just struggling with that? No, I think that it's this culture of um, a lot of people selling get rich quick. A lot of people selling make six figures in six months. A lot of people selling, you know, just this quick. And everybody wants it quick. Everyone wants, uh, you know, the shortcut. And it's just the truth that, you know what, there is no shortcut. Like, yes, support can be helpful. And yes, like studying and education is helpful. And I think that the reason this article got such a rise out of people and so many people sharing their stories. Like I tell people to read the article, not even for the article. I tell them, read the comments. These are like real business owners sharing their story. It's like, I think people are, when people hear the truth, I think it just excites people. It's like, finally, you mm -hmm. know, I think it's why people love comedians because comedians dare to say what other people are thinking. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So I think that's why it got a rise out of people. And and so, what do you teach people? What is it that you? I mean, uh, what is what is your most important product that you teach them? How do you, how do you help them? Okay, well, I mean, my most important take home message is, uh, you know, it it goes by uh, one of my favorite quotes. It's actually by Eckhart Tolle. He says, "Get the inside right." and the outside will fall into place. So, you know, the inside, get the inside right, do the inner work, the outside falls into place. So that to me is like my big message to people and I have found that to be true. But when I'm actually like teaching, I teach various things. Like I'll actually, like when if I'm teaching a business course, Fundamentals of Business, I am even teaching boring stuff like the legal stuff, you know, um, the taxes, because all that stuff's important. Like you've got to know 
your foundation. You've got to know your basics. You can't just live in the spirit world and not do the physical work. You have to know the laws. You have to know marketing and sales. You've got to know all of that. But that without spirit to me isn't good either. You've really got to do both. And that's what like it's all about for me. It's the integration. And, and what is the product that you sell the most? What is it where you help um, your clients the best with? Um, I've got a few products I sell. Um, I've got the Build Your Own Retreat course because I have hosted retreats for so many years and have helped others. And I find a lot of entrepreneurs, they want to host a retreat, but they feel scared or unsure. So that is um, a course that's like a full-on course, video, audio, you know, the whole online um, home study course. But I Mm -hmm. also have... um, at much lower price points. It's more of like a workbook style. It's write your site. So I help people with um, understanding what each page on their website's meant to do and just to like writing prompts to help you write your website copy. Because like ultimately your website is like the face or the virtual home of your business. Um, and yeah, and I, I love teaching the things that just will help support people. So yeah. And how, how do you, how do you attract clients? How do you get them in, into your shop and into buying your your um, products? Yeah, multiple ways, and I think this is actually really important marketing advice. Um, you can't just market one way. It's not just one avenue. It's multiple avenues. So personally, I love writing. I'm a writer, so that to me is my best ally. And so I do write my blog, but I also write for a lot of other online. Um, places so that always brings me subscribers it spreads the word about my work and then people come to my site and they learn about what I do so that's really been helpful but it's also you know real people relationships it's also um I don't know if the word is like I don't know the word I'm looking for but it's like my local market the real people that I know so you know marketing it's not just about like only on Online, even if most of your stuff happens online, you need to leverage everything online and offline. Yeah, I, I just recently um, really uh, um, discovered that again. Yeah. <laughs> Re- rediscovered that. That's I think that's a good word. <laughs> and because and somehow because you know, I live online, and somehow I forgot to um, you know to call people and to talk to them and. Um, and uh, have meetings and and have talks and um, and just recently I'm I'm just I've, I'm just picking that up again and I and I've noticed that it is actually um, a lot more fun that I could remember from the past. And the second thing I actually I also get a lot of energy from it and and, and it used to drain me. So um, uh, for me it, it it was a good uh, a rediscovery in the last couple of weeks that you know uh, combining offline and online is a really good smart thing to do totally and i don't think enough people know this and i love when you said the word rediscovered like (laughs) i love that and i think that's magic and i love it yeah (laughs) um I see all these coaches today that have these programs and they launch also big. They have um, uh, uh, joint ventureships and uh, and they, they do all. 
Is this something that you do, or just, or you just, you know, by writing all on all these platforms, you just continuously get new subscribers, and from then on, sell them in the end? Yeah, I mean, that's what I do. I've, um, I understand launching. I've, I've thought about it. I've never done one of those big launches. Um, I've never done. I'm trying to make sure this is accurate. I've, yeah, I've never done a joint venture yet. Not that I'm 100% against it, but I won't just do it as a strategy. It would have to be something I really believed in. Um, you know, I think it's really important in business. This is where I think people get lost. You'll hear about everybody's doing it. It's the big thing. It's the trend. So people will do it, but it, if it's not aligned with you, if it's not what really feels right, I don't think it's going to even work out. You know, there's a lot of people I've had clients even tell me that they did the big launch like they had been told to do and it failed and they didn't make the money, you know. And so I think that it's a strategy that could work. And I think it's healthy to approach everything in business as an experiment. Mm. Try it on, see how you feel. But everything's an experiment you know there's no guarantees there's no certainty and it's like you got to get comfortable with that knowing especially if you're in entrepreneurship yeah I've, I've been you know um testing it for for a bit and i found it a very exhausting <laughs> uh, strategy because you know it, it is so much stress into just a a short amount of time and and then after that um sometimes even disappointment because you don't get the numbers that you know um you see everywhere else mm -hmm. so what is what is your your number one tip for the people that are listening now yeah i think it's just um based on what we said now like my number one tip is approach everything in business like an experiment and like it's a prototype And this is really important, especially for service-based business owners. You know, people that make physical products, they make prototype after prototype after prototype. They work their ass off. They work so hard. And then something doesn't work. They have to throw it in the garbage. And over and over, it could take months before they finally get the product right. And even then, they have to ship it to market and see what happens in sales. And I think service-based entrepreneurs don't really always realize that. They think, look, I put out an offering. Look, I launched an online program. Not recognizing, hey, this is a prototype. Take it on as an experiment. And if it doesn't quite work, rework the prototype. Does that make sense? Yeah, lots. Because um, uh, one of the assignments I got from my buddy in my mastermind group was to read um, Lean Startup. Oh yeah, and 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 um and it gives a lot of ideas on you know uh, uh, you know what you just said you know using it as a as an experiment and as a prototype um to you know to start um, a service or a new service and just you know and and uh, you know look at it as a, a minimum viable product and and then go test out in the market and see you know want people to buy it yes or no and if not. What can you change? And if if it's not the right people, who can you go to? So just as long as you continue and and change um, small things until you finally you know you got you got the the good part and you got the good people and you got everything um, working together and then it's selling. 
Exactly, exactly. And I also tell people because um, it's so common, people will work hard, even if let's say it's a live local workshop or like an eight week series class or and if you don't get enough registrants, many people will look at that as a failure and say, you know, screw this and close up shop. And it's like, no, that's just the, the first little bump. Learn from it. Keep going. I've noticed every person who keeps persevering, you know, it, it ends up working out, you know, and it may not be that first like specific quote unquote prototype idea. But the problem is that many people, if they don't get that instant hit, that instant success, they just throw it all out. And like the answer is you, you keep going. And that's how it works out. Yeah. I uh, I completely agree. Hey, if if um uh, you you I've told you in the beginning what um uh, who is listening to the show and who I love to invite in the show. Yeah. Who do who would you want to hear in this uh, podcast? Yeah, um I actually thought about this because I knew that you were gonna ask, and <laughs> um, I thought about um there's this coach. Her name is Mercedes Maidana. Have you heard of her? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, Mercedes Maidana. So she's like this big time surfer, but she also does like empowerment coaching. Um, her blog, she does wonderful writing. And I just thought, you know, I think she's someone that would um, possibly be available for a podcast and she's always quite inspiring. So I think, you know, the other listeners would like to uh, hear and learn from her. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at her up now because I'm... Oh. Really curious now. <laughs> and I can send you the link, but that's uh, MercedesMaydana.com, I think is her site. Well, I'm going to look it up uh, because I can't find it now quickly, but I'm going to look it up later because uh, uh, especially the combination you just told me about, you know, server and empowerment sure. coaching, because, it, yeah, you know, that, that, that sounds really, really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tova, thank you very much. Thank you. It was it was it was a pleasure and a, a delight to talk to you and to learn about um, the things you just you, you, we we talked about, especially about the idea of um, you know um, uh, 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 thinking as a prototyping and as a as an experiment and pushing through. Um, uh, don't give up at the first uh, failure because it's not a failure; it's just another step on on the ladder that's continuing to grow your business. Mm -hmm. And I like the way that we talked about the, um, you know, uh, uh, find stillness and, and do the five minute meditation in the morning so that you um, you, you can bounce back and uh, later in the day when you have something bad happen to you and you can use that stillness to, you know, to find your peace again. I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you. And um, well, we'll uh, talk to you again. Talk to you soon. Bye, Erna. That was the interesting interview with Tova. You can find the names and links that Tova mentioned in the post that goes with this episode. Please visit numberonecoachbiz.com slash episode 41 for direct access. Don't forget to subscribe to the Number One Coach Biz podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Can you do me a favor so more coaches will discover this podcast? Give it your honest rating and review. This will really help me to get this podcast out there. Thank you for that. Just send me a quick email letting me know that you did this and I will send you a surprise. You can reach me at erno at numberonecoachbiz.com. I'd love to hear from you. 
Thank you for listening to the number one Coach Biz podcast at numberonecoachbiz.com.